0: Welcome to Blizzard Watch's 2018 wrap up. I'm Matt. I'm the host. With me this week is my fantastic co-host Ann Stickney, and we're gonna just basically kind of freeform it because let's be honest, it was a slow week, and it's the end of the year, so we're just gonna talk about the year and what's going going on. For, so since that's the case, I'm gonna throw it to Anne. Ann, what's your big thing for the year? The thing that you want to talk about, the thing you remember the most,
1: off the top of your head? Well, let's see. I mean, I could jump into World of Warcraft because there's been a lot of World of Warcraft stuff, but I think I kind of want to start with Overwatch League because that was new this year. This was Blizzard's first foray into their own kind of manufactured esports. I mean, they did it a bit with Heroes of the Storm, but Heroes of the Storm, I don't think Heroes of the Storm ever quite took off the way that Blizzard wanted it to take off. It did well for itself. Don't get me wrong. Um, I love watching Heroes of the Dorm. I loved watching it every year. Um, I liked watching the various Heroes tournaments and things like that. But it didn't seem like people were as into that as they got into Overwatch League. Overwatch League was like a really big deal. And season one was crazy. There was drama here and there, but mostly there was just a lot of really good games being played, and I'm really looking forward to season two. It seems like Overwatch League kind of did what they wanted heroes to do in terms of popularity. The fact that they were showing it on television, like just on T V, on ESPN, over on CBS, over on where wherever it was they happened to be showing it, because they got that deal at the end of the year. It was Mm It was just. was giant... it? Like it was
0: Disney Channel, so I think it was ABC, a uh, Disney stuff. Was it ABC or, or CBS, CBS? CBS? I can't Disney.
1: remember. I think, I think it, no, ABC it was ABC because because Disney. Okay, yeah. Anyway, and they also had it, like on one of the Disney channels, and they had it on ESPN, um, and ESPN two or three. I don't know. Anyway, it was weird being able to turn on my television and catch Overwatch League. It was just downright weird being able to do that with any kind of like eSport type thing. It's always unusual when I see eSport stuff on television every now and then. And then like some of the big Dota tournaments or some of the big league tournaments, you'll catch them. But it's rare. And Overwatch League was kind of all over the place during its, you know, final couple of months of play. It, I mean... I don't I I can't really speak enough about the success of this thing. It was kind of a gamble almost. I feel like it was kind of a gamble, but it paid off and it paid off in like a big way. All of the players were by and large pretty great. Obviously there were some outliers in that. All of the teams were worth rooting for. All of the stadium, the present the presentation the way that they made like the observers and the broadcasts of the actual streams something that you could follow for a game that's a really kind of like a frenetic fast-paced game like overwatch is it was kind of cool that they made it so watchable I don't know. Um, I'm looking forward to season two. Obviously, they added new teams to the league and they're changing the layup, layout a little bit. And they're changing how the games work a little bit in terms of how many games are being played per week. They're adding in this whole homestand thing, which is new. Um, And I'm looking forward to seeing how it progresses and it evolves. I think that was probably one of the most exciting things to come out of Overwatch this year. I mean, yes, we had some other new stuff. We had like some new event stuff. We got some new heroes. We got Ash. We got uh, a couple new cinematics, but nothing like really major in terms of story progression beyond the little tidbits that they feed us. The only thing that I regret with Overwatch, and I, I can't say that I regret it. I, I can say that I miss it. That initial year that Overwatch came out, we had so many cinematics. There were so many animated shorts that first year, and we haven't gotten that amount of production on those animated shorts since. And I found
0: myself wondering if that's because of, of Battle for Azeroth, to be honest with you.
1: I don't know. Battle for
0: Azeroth's got a ton of cinematic love this year.
1: It did. It absolutely did. But... I don't know if that's the same department, same team working on both things simultaneously or whether there's a dedicated team for the Overwatch animated shorts or not. I feel like if they do not have a dedicated team for Overwatch animated shorts, they should get one because it's something, it's, it's one of those things that I feel like they could really cash in on one way or another and they just haven't touched it yet. And yeah, Overwatch League is great and everything, and I do, like, I appreciate watching, you know, I appreciate the games. I appreciate watching people play Overwatch. I'm nowhere near at that skill level, so it's really fun to watch people who are experts in their field doing what they do. It's just crazy to see some of the stuff that they pull off, and it's a lot of fun to watch. At the same time... I love Overwatch because I love that potential story that's been laid out. And it feels like we're just getting little dribbles of it every year. And I want more than just the little dribble. There's there's so much compelling story that could be pulled out of this. And they really, it just, it feels like they haven't, I don't know what they're waiting for. They just need to dig in. And I don't know what they're waiting for. (laughs) I really don't. Yeah, Um, they
0: did have that thing a while back, and then they didn't end up going with it. Like, they had the short story idea, and they had the the comic book they were going to do, and then they just didn't do any of it.
1: Yeah. It's just... It's one of those things where it's like, I feel like you have this vast tapestry of story that you could be playing with, and you're just kind of like fiddling with little bits and pieces here and there instead of delivering any kind of like solid chunk of something. And I really... That's what I'm hoping to see for 2019. I mean, yes, I want to see Overwatch League Season 2, and I'll bet you it's going to be glorious. That's great and everything, but I want to see them actually dig in and start throwing out some substantial bits of story, like giving us something, narratively speaking, because we haven't had anything like that to dig into since Overwatch's like initial year. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: I think so. I mean, I'd... okay. They've been stuff like the Ash Cinematic that kinda of gives you like gave you a little bit more, but
1: yeah it's I know there's like time. there's little hints here and that come on guys. Just just ugh, give us something, please. Just something. Give us more animated shorts. I love those animated shorts. I, I can't say enough about them. That's the reason why I wanna see more of them is I love them so much. Come on, you guys. Seriously, get a dedicated team on that and like start throwing stuff out there. People will eat it up. Absolutely. I
0: remember Lizcon Blizz, talked about how they the, the the development for those kind of shorts works. I'm pretty sure it's all one department for for cinematics, uh, but I don't remember exactly how they explained it. I wish I'll have to go back and see if I can find it online. Um, I I should still have it, right? Like it, it lasts. Yeah, a they years. have
1: a they have a cinematics department. Like they have a cinematics department that handles cinematics for like all of the games, and that department has grown in leaps and bounds over the last several years and that's why you see more cinematics in things like world of warcraft and more cinematic stuff for heroes of the storm and for overwatch that kind of thing but i feel like we're at the point where maybe there should be a dedicated team for each game i don't know i don't
0: know maybe all right uh since it's my turn kind of yeah i'm going to talk about the game I've been playing a lot of the past couple of years. I'm going to talk about Diablo. Go for it. And uh, I know people there's there is some negative stuff to discuss. We'll discuss that at the end of this but for starters I'm going to talk about first up the, the theme seasons that they came up with this yeah, year. Yeah,
1: let's just talk um, about Diablo 3 first because Diablo 3 while it hasn't had any new story content or anything, it has had stuff introduced for it. So
0: the theme seasons that they came out with, they've been, uh, I think, since season 16 is the one that's coming. I think the theme seasons start with season 14. Um, season 14, I'm pretty sure, I, I don't have a notes in front of me right now, but you'll just, if I get the numbers wrong, you'll still know basically what I'm talking about. Uh, season 14, I believe, was the season of greed, which was they introduced the first theme season. The season of greed was basically double your treasure goblins. Um, if if you, instead of a normal one treasure goblin spawning, there would be two. Um, there were some restrictions on it, like if two of the portal goblins spawned, the ones that, that opened the portal to the Realm of, of Greed, you could only go, like, it didn't open to two separate portals, of you know what I mean? They, they linked to the same instance. You could still only go to one Realm of Greed off of it, which was not as great as you would want. But otherwise, they were just, my wife and I, I think the way we explained it was, was when we saw them the first time, it was basically like if you saw up, the dog going, oh, what I think is squirrel. That was us, but with goblins. <laughs> we have a, a battle cry which was just, "Okay, uh, I'm going to the next room. Goblin, give, give you a goblin treasure. Go down, goblin!" And then we would just be like on a mad, rampaging chase for the goblins, ignoring everything. I think at one point we were doing something. I think it was a uh, one of the lesser rifts, not a not a full on greater rift, and a treasure, a couple of treasure goblins spawned, and they were the kind that split up. And then they, so they ended up with, like, 18 goblins running around and us chasing them, trying to kill them before they got away. And we basically ran through the entire place. We had, like, literally hundreds upon hundreds of demons on top of us trying to kill us while we were trying to kill these goblins. And it was amazing. It was just the best thing. Uh, that season was the best theme season they've done so far. The, this, the follow-up season, the, the Haradric Cash season, wasn't bad, but basically it was just... If you do a bounty, the, her, the Roger Cash you get the ed, the end you get two instead of one.
1: That's fine, but not it's not quite as frenetic and exciting though. Doesn't
0: provide that ah something's different, something's new. Uh, chase it. Um, the new season coming up. The uh, the 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 oh bloody heck, grandeur. The, the season of grandeur um, is interesting in that it's altering like fundamental game mechanics instead of like. You're gonna get the, one of the legendary powers, like on any season character you create. You're just gonna start with this legendary power and have it all season. The power in question is is kind of like one that really only works for higher level characters, uh, so it, it'll affect your end game once your once your uh, character gets to level seventy and starts getting paragon levels. But it's still interesting because it changes the. It basically makes it so you have. Uh, one, you need one less item to to get a set bonus. So your four-piece set bonus will only take three, you know three items. Your six-piece will only take you know five items, and it changes the meta of how you would like go about your character, how you would design. You have it, the you
1: potential would... for being really OP. Yeah, I mean
0: it's not too bad because this is something you could have done before with with the with the uh you know the Kanai's cube. You could have just given yourself this power anyway. So it's it just means you get an extra can i cube power or an extra ring slot so it's not too terrible but it's going to change the way people design their characters because you'll now have access to that power and then you, you can have other powers instead so it's it's interesting i hope they keep going along that line like either do something like the season of greed where it, it has a big immediate impact when it happens like i'm trying to think of something that would be that impact that powerful again and nothing's coming to mind. But unless it was something like, you know, you know, rare spawns are more frequent or something or, you know, random rare spawns can appear. Imagine if just random Diablos could just appear out in the world while you were doing stuff or something. That kind oh, of geez. thing w- would change it in a way like similar to how the greed thing did, were just random treasure goblins showed up. But it's like if random world boss type rare spawns could show up, something like that would be cool or something like the the season of greed but i don't think just getting more you know at the end you get twice the reward from this specific activity doesn't feel rewarding it doesn't have the pop that treasure goblins you know it just it, it there's something about when treasure goblins spawn in diablo that's really good it it just it is a very diablo feeling when there's more treasure goblins to have it's more of that feeling it's it's fun and it's crazy I want them to be trying along those lines more and less along the lines of, okay, you did the thing we wanted you to do. Here's an extra box.
1: Yeah, that doesn't sound quite as much fun. Diablo yeah. 3, by the way, to me, it feels like one of those games that really kind of matured over time. The game that it... it is today is not the same game it was when it came out.
0: No, and one of the reasons for that is that they've kept doing balance stuff on it. and Yeah. They, they, they did... We we now know for a fact that they slowed they they basically stopped development on it after Reaper of Souls. That's pretty established. Yeah. Um. They, they've not done any. There's not going to be another Diablo three expansion. It is. I mean, they unlikely. came
1: out with a Necromancer thing, and that was great and everything. But yeah, they aren't yeah. doing any other expansions or anything like that. It's still. I mean. I would say if you played Diablo 3 with the expectations that you were going to love it back when it came out and you didn't like it, I would say go give it another shot because it's not the same game it was when it was released.
0: Plus, I mean, every port they've done, like this year they did the Switch port, and that was a pretty big deal. That was a big deal, yeah. Every, Every port they've done to every console they've done it's gotten new people playing because this game works really well on consoles and the patch with Reaper of souls was one of the most exhaustive patches a game has ever seen in terms of it completely redesigning how the game worked. And it is, it is how the game should have been at launch. Yeah. They tried, they tried too many things that kind of diluted the Diablo experience. Um, the real money auction house was a mistake. They shouldn't have done it that way. And in general, the, the, the Reaper of souls game, was it's it's pretty close to perfection for the genre. I can't think of a game like it that I think is better. And I love Torchlight and Torchlight 2, and I love a lot of the other ones. So, you know, I'm not saying they're not good. I'm not saying they're not great. But in terms of just being this genre, the the kind of dungeon crawl action RPG, I can't think of a game that actually does it better than Diablo 3. And I've played Diablo 2, and I love Diablo 2. I'm not saying that that's a bad game, but I'm I honestly feel like at this point... Diablo three pretty much sums up this experience better than anybody ever has. Um, I think I wrote something this year about how to a degree Diablo two is like the Beatles in that it doesn't have to be the best game because it's just, it is Diablo two and that's, that's all it needs to be. Um, But in terms of actual play experience, I think Diablo three is pretty close to perfect right now. That being said, the reason I think for it is that they, they've they've kept doing it. The most recent patch 2.6.4 is coming out with the, uh, with the uh, launch of the new season, which is coming up in January, that patch is yet another balance patch, and one of the things it does is it, it hikes up power on certain set pieces to make those sets competitive. And they've been doing that all along. They did that a lot this year. Diablo three got a lot of rebalancing. I got a lot of. I I, I went from kind of hating doing greater rifts to loving them when they did the, when they did a balance patch not too long ago. I, I'd say this year uh, that made the uh, the whirlwind barbarian just so much more fun. Uh, just as one example
1: I feel so. like we should talk about the elephant in the room as yeah, far I as Diablo say. is concerned we should touch on it briefly anyway I- a lot of this. people a lot of people this year myself included and I think even you for a little while there were expecting to hear about Diablo 4 we were I didn't really didn't see hoping... how they could
0: not do it I didn't we were see how hoping we could not get it
1: so hard to hear about Diablo 4 because it's been so long and Signs seemed to point towards them making that kind of an announcement. And at BlizzCon, we got an announcement of something very different. Not a lot of people were super happy about it because it is a mobile title, a mobile title for Diablo. And there were a lot of people who were really upset because they were expecting to hear Diablo 4. And they aren't necessarily jazzed about the idea of playing a mobile game, which is understandable. I mean, yeah. If you don't play mobile titles, you're not going to be interested in a mobile game. The point is, is that there are so many Diablo fans, like diehard Diablo fans, that have been playing and playing and playing forever and ever, and playing on PC primarily, or consoles, for people who did make the switch to consoles, but it was always a PC audience. It was always something you played on your computer. It was always something that, you you know, you threw together a LAN party for, whatever, depending on where you were playing it and we didn't get that we didn't that big audience that plays it that way didn't get anything really this year and they were upset about it and And that's understandable it's super understandable what i'm wondering is given what came out after all of this went down and people were understandably upset about the mobile thing because they wanted the pc thing do you think we're going to hear about diablo 4 this year Because they they put out that statement that said, look, we're going to talk about it. There is stuff in development, but we're going to talk about it when we're good and ready to talk about it, which makes me think they weren't ready to make that announcement for whatever reason. Do you think it's something we're going to hear about this in 2019?
0: I don't know. Um, I think to a certain degree, I think at this point they probably want to not talk about it at all to let time pass um, because of the reaction. The reaction... I mean, to a certain degree, this has nothing to do with with Blizzard, but it kind of does. It has to do with every game right now. I feel like Bethesda saved a lot of game companies this year because... Really? Yes. The response to Fallout 76 has been so monstrously negative that every other game company, including Blizzard, that took a kind of PR drubbing gets to sit back and wipe the sweat off their forehead and go, whew, at least we didn't make that. And... I think that's kind of what's happened with what happened at the at BlizzCon with the. I think
1: I missed the whole Fallout 76, holobaloo. Yeah, Was it just like really, I mean, I'm guessing people that are unhappy. Mean, you call it a Bethesda title and I immediately think of every buggy, anything that could ever happen probably happened in that game. Yeah.
0: More so than that. But let's, Ooh. I'm not going to talk about it too much, but okay. let me just say this. I think Blizzard's big problem at, at BlizzCon was that they didn't have a big end of show announcement the way they used
1: to. No. Um,
0: and there's been other BlizzCons where that's happened.
1: Um, the year of is. Yeah.
0: There's <laughs> been BlizzCons where they just haven't had a really big showstopper at the end. And I feel like this was the case where people thought because Diablo was anchoring it, that they thought the last announcement was going to be Diablo 4 because they were getting the last you know, the big open showing, opening ceremonies, the big announcement was going to have to be Diablo 4 because they were going to get the last word. And everyone just assumed it. When it wasn't, a lot of the negative reaction is more to what it wasn't than what it was. And I've said this before. They announced a Diablo MMO and nobody's excited. And that's just astonishing to me. It's like, I get that it's a mobile game and, you know, guys, See, I'm, I don't, I'm kind
1: of I excited, but I, maybe I'm just part of that whole niche genre. I like playing yeah. games on my phone. I have like a couple of games that I play on my phone fairly regularly. The thought of having Diablo on my phone so I could play it, like go in and punch some demons when I want to go punch some demons. That sounds cool to me. I'm not going to say
0: no to the residuals. I mean, you know, the only, I'm the... going to get up there. It's going to be me. I'm, that's cool. You know, yeah. I get to be on the stage. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's not the,
1: only, the only caveat that I have to that, though, is that the announcement that we got at BlizzCon, they showed us the game. They showed us the gameplay and how it works. And it looks really snazzy it looks really snazzy. Everybody that I talked to that played the demo, they said, yeah, it feels like Diablo. It's it's a little bit different because it's mobile controls, but it feels like Diablo. I'm like, good, that's all I need to hear. But we didn't hear anything about monetization. We didn't hear anything about how much this thing is going to cost. We didn't hear anything about whether or not this thing is going to have microtransactions. And when Blizzard was asked about this, they said, we haven't thought about that yet. They're still working yeah. on the design end of things. They haven't they haven't gone into the whole marketing monetization thing. And my opinion on whether or not I'm going to play this game kind of hinges on that. So I'm interested in seeing how they're going to approach monetization with that game. Because if it's one of those things where it's like you can only p- play for so long and then you have to wait. Or, oh, you have to pay for these other things to get. Like, if it's a pay to play, uh, I'm not. If it's if it's one of those things where it's like you have to buy tokens to do things faster or whatever, I don't think that I have the patience to do that with Diablo. Yeah, uh, my part thing of though the reason. This. Part, sorry, part of the reason that I like Diablo so much is because it's kind of a frenetic sort of gameplay. You go in, you punch things, and it's really fast paced and it's a lot of fun. And if the mobile doesn't capture that, or if the mobile somehow makes that frenetic pace hinge on microtransactions, then I'm not on board.
0: No. Yeah. I I totally agree with a lot of that. Um, For me though, one of the things that I like about this announcement is purely from a lore standpoint, from a guy who loves Diablo lore, who, who spends a lot of time reading various books of material books of whatever is that they're going back to the end of Diablo two and moving forward from there to the period where Diablo three came out. They're going to explore that period of time in an MMO game. Um, And if world of Warcraft has shown us anything, it's that MMOs can just absolutely chew up story. Like they will chew up and spit out story. They spit it out everywhere. We've had more world of Warcraft story in the 12 years since the launch of world of Warcraft. than we had all the time before by like a factor of 10 it's, a, it's crazy because you need to constantly produce more. And the continuous, the continuous nature of an MMO means that that kind of thing becomes more and more common. As time goes on, more and more stuff gets put out there. I, I'm excited for the potential of this. I, don't, I know there are problems. I know there's lots of reason to be unhappy about it. And I don't disagree with a lot of it. I'm not sitting here going, yay, mobile. I'm saying forget for a moment that it's mobile this is a multiplayer game set during that 20 year period between the two games where they've already said, we're going to see these characters. We're going to go to these places. There's a lot there I'm interested in. And I'm okay.
1: I'm okay with it being on mobile because I do play mobile games. However, I will add to that. I would be excited. I'd be more excited if there was a PC port being added to that as well. And there's not.
0: Yeah, if if at some point they quite frankly I don't care about the PC port, but if they don't make a switch port, I will you know, I I feel like they're leaving money on I the table. I feel tablet.
1: like they need to make a switch port for something like that cuz switch the switch is is it's kind of a mobile system, so why wouldn't you? But yeah, right, right now, now they're it's just, just talking just about phones like phones and tablets. Phones and tablets and it's like, well, okay, but there's more out there that you could be utilizing here and, you know, just judging from the backlash on that announcement, A PC title would really be great, guys. It'd just be great. Honestly,
0: I think at this point, um, if Blizzard wanted to recoup a huge PR bonanza, a Diablo 4 announcement would be the way to go. E3. I don't know if they're going to. Yeah, E3 or Gamescom, uh, you know, or even next year's BlizzCon, although I don't think you want to wait that long, guys. But, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. No, I'm saying
1: E3. Make it a big thing at E3. Come on please please just please okay sorry i still really want diablo Four, you guys i I mean i'm okay with the mobile thing i'm like yeah okay it's more diablo i wanted more diablo i'm getting more diablo it's not where i want it to be but it's there okay but i still really want that diablo 4 announcement i'm just saying there's
0: a list of things i wanted them to announce and what they announced wasn't even on it um i wanted diablo 4 first and foremost that was my primary want um my second want was a, D- a Diablo 2 remaster and i'm still i'm still one of the people pushing and hoping they do a Diablo 2 remaster also i do up hope that it.
1: they do that but i uh, we should talk about that too that they're coming out with the Warcraft 3 remaster and that's actually pretty great
0: yeah let's, let's just segue into that that was the big surprise nobody saw coming and everybody was excited about an announcement from BlizzCon this I year i
1: mean i figured we were going to get a remaster of something but i figured if we got a remaster because we had just gotten the StarCraft remastered and that went over really well. People seem to like that a lot. That's great and everything. I figured we'd get Diablo 2. I I really did. And we didn't. We got WarCraft 3, which still, like, man, the minute that that opening cinematic started playing, like, it came up with the flags on the... the Yeah, as soon as that showed up on the screen... I got goosebumps because I was oh, they're doing it.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I
0: didn't see that coming. No. I think one of the reasons I think it's a really good idea to do Warcraft 3 Remaster though, is that a lot of people have no idea anymore about the Warcraft games before World of Warcraft. Yeah. World of Warcraft has been people's gateway into this setting for 12 years, and... I mean, you and I have been playing long enough that we kinda remember all the stuff before, even if we didn't play all three of them. I I played all three of them but I didn't really seriously play until Warcraft three. Um but as people come up, like we're at the point now where there are people playing the game who've never even seen Warcraft before World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft was how they experienced it. So I think it's a good idea to do a remaster and it looks amazing. Like the art we saw at BlizzCon, the the stuff we saw, it looks really, really good. Um and, and I'm I'm hoping they remaster everything. Like, I'm hoping there's going to be remastered cinematics in this thing. I'm hoping... One of the things that Warcraft 3 did that you don't see a lot... Like, Blizzard, you know, does still do, but Blizzard does a lot of in-game cinematics that are actually rendered using the game engine. They've been doing that a lot lately. Warcraft 3 pioneered that. There were a lot of moments in Warcraft 3 where it wasn't really a cinematic. What it was was the in-game engine rendering scenes. Yeah. And with the new in-game models like i want them to do a lot of that i want them to show off their new models and to give us new stuff what do you think what's your thoughts on on like the like they should just use the original vocal track right
1: on the one hand yes i think that they should on the other hand it's going to be a little weird hearing jana proudmore and not hearing laura bailey because laura bailey's been doing it for so long now that anybody but her sounds really weird and the original voice actress for Jaina. don't get me wrong she was a really good voice actress and she did a really good job with it back in warcraft 3 it's just it it's a little kind of like off-putting almost not off-putting it just kind of throws me off a little bit because i've been listening to laura bailey play Jaina for so long um that's another one with like illidan
0: i I actually remember matthew yang king was the voice actor for illidan originally
1: yeah and, and it, uh, it's going to be Liam weird not Bryan. hearing Liam O'Brien do it. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, it's one of those things he's been doing it for like, like at this point, he's been doing it for like 14 years. Yeah. So yeah, that's really strange. Do you think yeah. about that? It's
1: it's so, just yeah. going to be, it's going to be a little odd hearing voice actors that aren't like the original or that aren't the current voice actors hearing the originals all over again. That's going to be a little bit odd. But the thing is, is like those are classic voice lines and and I feel like, yeah, they should probably be kept and, you know, utilized. Because they, you know, just because you're remastering the graphics and everything else, it doesn't mean that you can't keep some of that original feel. And I, I feel like keeping the original voice actors in place, that's probably a good way to do it. I, you know, initially I thought that it was kind of a pity that they were just going with Warcraft 3 and they weren't touching Warcraft 1 and 2. But then the more I thought about it the more I realized Warcraft 3 is really where the story sort of came into play. Um, Metzen played with Warcraft 2 a little bit. So like the game manuals for Warcraft and Warcraft 2 in particular, it started kind of expanding the universe a little bit. But Warcraft 3 was really where all of a sudden there was a big story involved and it was a much bigger story than they'd ever put out there for Azeroth before. It's where the game map suddenly started expanding. It's where we learned about Kalimdor. It's where the Night Elves were introduced. It was where all of this other stuff came into play that wasn't necessarily there before. So I feel like Warcraft 3 was probably a good choice for that. It's just that Part of me still wishes that they would go back to Warcraft and Warcraft Two and kind of update those as well, dust them off, put them out there I because why not? about that, I was thinking yeah. about that today
0: actually. Um, when I was I was writing a a, no, a a breakfast topic about that kind of thing. Yeah. The thing about doing Warcraft or Warcraft Two is, I honestly feel like you would have to actually just redo those games. Yeah, you would. And one of the things you'd have to do at is this point, you pick, would. Yeah, you'd have to actually pick a story. Because they didn't have a story. They had, like, if you played Horde side, this happened. If you played Alliance side, this this happened. They're completely different. And then Warcraft 2 comes along and they had to pick an ending. So they picked the ending, the orc ending from Warcraft 1. And the orcs won canonically in Warcraft 1. So that
1: you'd have a story in Warcraft 2. If you played Alliance in Warcraft 1, then the whole sacking of Stormwind thing, it didn't happen. (laughs) It was weird. It was weird. Um, But again, you know, this was like when they first came out with the game, and I don't think Metzen was even on board at that point. when He was doing original... some art, I think. Yeah, but I when the original he, he, he Warcraft came out, he wasn't part of the whole narrative thing. He came in, like I said, a little bit with Warcraft 2 and then Warcraft 3 was really where they said, hey, can you write us like a story story and, and do like a bunch of direction with this, and that's where it kind of took off. to say um, that
0: Warcraft 1 even has a story is to be incredibly generous eh, to Warcraft
1: 1. Yeah, it was yeah. Mm not and that's not so that's much. fine because it,
0: it wasn't trying to at no at that time it was basically just we we all the it's established the genesis of warcraft was they were going to do a warhammer game and yeah. at the last minute the warhammer <laughs> license got pulled and they had like the the assets they so had like, all, all
1: right. of these assets and things and they were like okay well let's just make our own
0: That's <laughs> pretty much what happened i mean it's, if you've ever seen that old uh penny arcade it was like this warhammer game looks like it's ripping off warcraft and He's like, if you ever say that again, I will kill you. Yeah, it's it's like it's the other way around.
1: Um, It is what it is. I feel like since we're talking about like you know Warcraft, Warcraft three, all that, we should jump into World of Warcraft and how much it went through because we went through the launch of an expansion this year. Um, We also went through the wrap up of Legion, and surprisingly, Legion wrap up. yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like for the first time with Legion. Lizard got the timing down as close to perfect as I've ever seen it in terms of patch releases and the amount of time spent in between patches and the amount of time between the last patch of Legion and then the launch of Battle for Azeroth. It wasn't that really long extended period or anything like that. It actually felt really fluid and it felt really good.
0: I I think one of the things I think that really worked for that that we saw in Legion, in particular, was that they finally got the idea of half patches. Yeah. Point the point five patches, where it'd be like you know patch seven point you know five. No, I not seven, but I can't remember the number right now. We're on eight right now, right? So it was. Yeah. So it was
1: like you know seven point one point five or seven point two point five or whatever. Yeah.
0: The, the use of those and the use of, like, delayed launch during a patch, which we're still seeing now. But we, we first saw it in Legion where a patch would come out, but, th- like, uh, 7.2 would come out, but the night hole didn't come out right away. It waited and unlocked, and you got time before it was there. It kept patches from feeling like they were immediately over as soon as they dropped. Yeah. There was stuff happening, stuff unfolding. And then they would unfold the new raid would drop you'd get night hold but then there'd be a 0. 0.5 patch that would give you you know, okay now this is unlocked more and now this story progresses and this is happening that was they did that really well this year and they did and that in between they in-
1: dropped like little random things like the whole thing with chromie the, the the deaths of chromie yeah that whole scenario thing that was a great little piece of just kind of like side content that wasn't really tied into the main story or anything but boy it kept me occupied for a good long period of time trying to figure things out and there was like enough little story tidbits in there to kind of get people like thinking about what's going on here exactly and what happened here exactly and I'm still kind of questioning that thing. I went back and I did it again just to do it again um, a couple of weeks ago and I'm still mulling over questions that were raised from that scenario which is ideal for a piece for a little piece of side content you know that's the kind of thing that you want to see is you want to see people asking questions you want to see people kind of digging in and going hmm was there a plot point here that we missed I don't know you know that kind of a thing it just it felt like with Legion for the first time in a very long time they had the spacing out correct like they had that whole spacing down patch. yeah it,
0: it was pretty close to the way um mr pandaria worked up until mr pandaria's final patch because mr pandaria's final yeah. patch then you had like a like a 14 month nothing whereas this time it was i think the final patch dropped and then we had like a little less than a year of of Antorus uh, and of and of argus and argus and Antorus like were big nine enough. months
1: or so wasn't it
0: maybe yeah i think so well i'm, I'm trying to figure it out like the, the patch dropped in 2017, but Antorus didn't open right away, and we had a lot of time with the Argus stuff before we could go to Antorus, and then we had Antorus open up, and then the Argus And we had stuff that before.
1: new dungeon in there with it, too, so... Yeah. So
0: there was a lot of stuff that dropped, too, so I'd say... If we and then we had the, the Allied the patch,
1: Race thing pop up, too, in yeah. the middle of all of that, so it was yeah. like there was... There was a lot of additional stuff to keep you occupied right up until Battle for Azeroth, like the pre-patch for Battle for Azeroth came out. And
0: even though even though it came with the, the patch before that, uh, the Mage Tower stuff was there for a lot of people. That helped extend it out. It, just, it felt like there was a ton of stuff to do at the end of Legion. Um, Battle for Azeroth has been kind of building up its amount of stuff to do. Uh, it's, it's had more stuff. I would say that Battle for Azeroth's first few months had more stuff compared to Legion's first few months. Because Battle for Azeroth carried a lot of the systems that were developed in Legion forward, so it had more stuff to do in that regard. There was like there were world quests from the get go, there were emissaries from the get go, everything was.
1: It feels like ready there's, to go. Are, there's there's stuff that's missing though, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that class halls were such an integral part of the Legion experience, and that class hall campaign felt really good. You, had... I was actually going
0: to say, for me, it wasn't that. Although I, I do agree with you, I yeah. think it's the artifact.
1: The artifact thing, too, because I am still on my eternal search for daggers that aren't clunky and bad. You know what I mean, I've done? I've done the dark shore thing, I don't know, several times over now. And when I do the dark shore thing, every time I get a weapon, it's an axe. <laughs> I've yeah, had to shard right. 370 axes, one-handed axes. I don't know how many times. Do you think I've seen a dagger? Nope. So, yeah, the pain of getting weapon upgrades is... Is back and I didn't realize how painful it was until I had expansions worth of here are your weapons they're the same weapons you're gonna have them all expansion you can upgrade them you can do all this other stuff with them go have fun and that was great and then as soon as they took that away I went oh yeah that's right it really sucked before this
0: honestly though as much as that's all true for me it was the lore that came with the artifact Think about like yeah. the sheer volume of questing that you could do. The stories that were told for these 36 different weapons that you'd... all of the weapons and then there was the stuff it.
1: with like all of the specs had their class hall campaign stories which was like another variety. And then you had Suramar and Suramar was as close to perfection as far as end game content as I've ever ever seen and we don't have it in Battle for Azeroth and I and I feel like That's where Battle for Azeroth is dragging for me a little bit, is that on the story front, I'm not getting as much as I would like. At the same time, though, I'm almost getting more because the thing is, is when you level Alliance and when you level Horde, it is two very different, distinct, unique experiences. And you didn't get that when you were leveling in Legion.
0: Yeah, one of the things that people have complained about for years is that playing Alliance or Horde don't make any difference. Uh, except for like a little bit in Stormheim and Legion, you, there was no difference, and that you cannot say in this expansion. They are vastly different. Um, using the uh, and I'll say this, I'll defend this. I think using the other factions, you know, leveling zone as endgame content was a good move. Like I think yeah. going over, going over to the other continent and doing your world quests there. That's a good move. I I think that was well done. I think the problem we're having is simply the fact that Legion had so much content that it is extremely hard for any game to catch up with it. I I think Battle for Azeroth has been playing catch up its entire existence. Um, At the same time,
1: though, I feel like the story in Battle for Azeroth so far has been, it's felt like it's carried a lot more weight to it and it's a lot more personal.
0: Yeah. And to a degree where I'll I'll just say this much, it's hurt me some. Like I, there's been times I have not wanted to play this. It's been that, that much weight, that much. It's hard for me to log on a night elf and feel good about what I'm doing at any given moment. Um, So there's, there's pros and cons to it, but they definitely, when they did the stuff they've done with cinematics, and we should talk about that before I talk about my, my, my black beast of an expansion. There's one thing in this expansion I hate, and I will talk about it, but the one, one really good thing they've done is tie-ins and cinematics. Um, the Warbringers shorts, the uh, Old Soldier cinematic, the Lost Honor cinematic. Um, just unbelievable how they've tied in cinematic stuff. The the comics that they did. They've done a lot of stuff in and out of game. And the in-game story has been good. I'm not trying to say it hasn't. But the out-game stuff has, has really gone up a level for World of Warcraft, this expansion. Um, I think the, the the old soldier cinematic is one of the best cinematics they've ever done. Yeah, and I mean, even as somebody who doesn't play Horde much at this point, at the it same was just
1: like... at the same time, it was really interesting seeing Saurfang, um, the weight that he carries, and Saurfang as a character went from this dude that you definitely didn't want to run into in Orgrimmar if you were Alliance to a full-fledged character in his own right with this whole story arc that is, I'm hoping it's not reaching its conclusion because he's hes progressed into this character that's like, he kind of encapsulates everything that the Horde has been and everything that maybe the Horde should be. Because he comes yeah. from the days of old, old, like he was part of the original Horde. So he's seen it all. And he's experienced it all. And you can really see, especially in Old Soldier, you can see that very much taking its toll on him. And I I really appreciate that, um, that we have that kind of highlight from that side.
0: There's a moment in that expansion, I mean, in that cinematic that has stuck with me throughout, and I've thought about it over and over again. Um, It's the part after the initial conflagration where you, there's a there's an image of the tree burning and an image of Solana staring at it, and it cuts. You know, he comes up and he goes, "No, you, you this is you. You've done this now. Now they're going to come for us, all of them." And you look at him, and he's like, he's almost sparking. And then it cuts to him and Lordaeron, and he's like, all that fire is gone. Like literally, the fire is out now. Yeah. Not just the actual physical fire of the tree burning. His fire is out now, and he's putting ashes on his face. Before he marches off to what he thinks is gonna be his the honorable death he's wanted for his entire life. The
1: thing that punched me yeah. in the gut with that one was when Zevron is it Zevron? I think so. Well, Zappy boy. Zakon. Okay, it's Zakon. Anyway, he says, How many do you think are out there? And there's this pause and then Sourfang says, Too many. And you can tell when he delivers that line. He's not talking about the alliance on the battlefield because it immediately jumps into that flashback of the burning tree and the screaming and the everything else. And you can, oh, it was just so well done. That whole cinematic was so well done. And I get so excited when I talk about it because it was so good, right? Okay, so we have all this stuff going on on the Horde side, but let's talk about the alliance side for a second because I think we really need to talk about Jaina. I am so delighted with what they have done with her character. Does it make up for the fact that she she just noped out a legion and that she was kind of shoved out of the way in Warlords? Not so much, but at the same time, it does make sense for her character. And to see her character finally get that sort of resolution that isn't really a resolution, it's more like a moving on. And the fact that she finally gets to come to terms with everything that's been weighing on her. We yeah, haven't seen we doing... her...
0: Yeah. No, I agree with you. Totally. The way that they did it was fascinating, though, because I read somewhere once someone said the only place where you get closure is in fiction. Yeah. In real life, you don't get closure. Jaina doesn't get closure with these horrible things that have happened in her life. No. She just finally stops letting them haunt her. Yeah, there's that really I don't want to like go on to it too much because, you know, it's better if you Look, see the it. The
1: game has been out for several months, so let's you know, no, but you can talk about is... it.
0: The stuff that you should just see rather than hear me tell you about it. But when you do, uh, I think it's when you're doing the quests that ultimately end up with, with a battle, you know, with the uh, battle or Caesar Varalis. when you finally do those quests, you see Jaina and her mother in Drustvar and they're in like a a shadowy alternate Drust where the Drust, the Shadowlands. Yeah. Yeah. And Jaina's having all these moments. She's being haunted by like, you know, there's the, the death of her father. There's Arthas and and what happened to him, all of that stuff's weighing on her, and she's you know, the, the the death of you know her people when Theramore got blown up, all of this stuff that she's had to live through, and every time that she's tried to make it work out, and every time it hasn't, and you just you finally get to see, people keep like when's she gonna get over it, and they don't understand. This is too much is, for you to this, ever just get over at one moment. This, this is something is you have to digest. You,
1: this is the first time that you, you actually kind of get a sense of the magnitude of everything that Jaina has ever been through. And just how much weight she's carrying on her shoulders. And it's a lot. It is so much for one character.
0: So The acting is great. Laura Bailey has really upped her performance on Jaina. Not that she, she was, was ever bad so at good. it. but
1: She was yeah. so good. But then also just having Jaina's mom around. I wasn't sure what to expect out of Catherine Proudmore when they announced her, you know, when they announced battle for Azeroth and they mentioned that she was going to be a character. I'm like, huh, I wonder how that's going to go because we've never, we've, we had literally never heard anything about her prior to that. Um, we knew everything there was to know about Dalen. We knew about Derek. We knew that Tandred was supposedly not canon, although he is now and I'm so happy. But anyway, uh, I didn't know what to expect out of out of Catherine Proudmore, and when you go to Boralus for the first time as Alliance and you see that first interaction between Jaina and her mom that was what I was expecting and then throughout the course of the expansion and throughout the leveling experience and by the end of the leveling experience there there's this dovetail that happens and it's kind of ushered along the way by Gen who was another one of those characters who he was introduced he was really fascinating and then he got a lot of nothing and now he's kind of been pulled in there and he's getting a little more of a highlight and i really appreciate that too and i really appreciate the dynamic between gen and Catherine because they're kind of of an age they're both from that original alliance of lordaeron era um so seeing the two of them interact was really great i mean i just I can't say enough about that storyline. And then we've got all this stuff that's going on on the Horde with the Zandalar that's like completely, you guys, okay, Lorewatch is coming out next Monday. We recorded it this week, but um, a lot of the stuff that we got into on this week's Lorewatch, yeah, you want to just listen to that episode when it's released because there's a lot going on. (laughs) There's just a lot going on this expansion, and I don't know how they're going to address it all. I really don't. That's the trick
0: they've pulled off this expansion that they've never really pulled off before. That feeling of we're finally off a track. Yeah. Everything up until Legion has basically been a repetition of the track that got started in Warcraft 3, where you have the Legion invading, the us barely managing to defend our world, and then the Legion you know, is, is a threat and we have to deal with it. It's always out there. It's always in the background. And it means that that WoW felt very cyclical. We got um, Burning Crusade, the Legion on, uh, on Outland. We got Wrath of the Lich King, the Scourge, which is a, the Legion created, the Scourge issue. And everything since then has basically just been kind of waiting till Legion showed up.
1: It's been like old gods, and then it's been old gods, and then it's been more Burning Legion, and then it's been more other stuff. And we have not resolved the old god thing. We haven't. But we're finally moving on. And- yeah,
0: With the Legion dealt with, if not gone, I mean, because I've said before, Sargeras could come back anytime they decide to bring him back. Yeah. But at least for now, that's been dealt with. And you're looking at the Horde Alliance fighting, and they've done it in a way where you don't know how it's going to end. You know, it it looks like one thing's going to happen, but you don't know. That's the real achievement of this expansion. You know, whether or not... There's one thing that I'm going to talk about negatively now, because I've I've been waiting very patiently, and I'm going to just get into it. Um, This is purely... Items okay, you have
1: a few minutes, so yeah. go for it.
0: <laughs> right armor was a mistake, it has yeah, not I'm been not implemented super well. Happy with it. <laughs> it has not been implemented well, it has not been iterated to fix its problems. Uh, they've done stuff to soften the blow of it, like they've made it easier to get, easier to get at a higher level if your gear is in a better level. They've done a lot of iterating to try and make it less onerous, but it just has n- it's too complex. It basically takes the complexity of Legion legendaries, which were too complex in my opinion, and you you ended up always needing to have the best possible legendary to the point where you had to keep making them better and better. You couldn't even just leave them at 940. You had to keep juking them up so that you never lost them because you needed to have those best legendaries. It adds all that complexity. Then it takes the artifact complexity, the artifact weapons complexities, which were bearable because the weapon didn't get replaced or changed. And you eventually throws in the
1: general confusion of reforging, which they got rid of. (laughs) Yes, and you
0: have the system is just too many bobs and wheels and whistles, and it combines with the idea that you need to suddenly have I have to have you know shoulders and you know a hat and a chest plate for my main spec, and then for my off spec, and they have to have different stuff on them. Even if I'm just pure DPS, if I decide I want to try subtlety instead of assassination. Now I need another set of gear because I need to have the subtlety talents on it. And I have to s I have to spec my gear to match my you know, it just I get what you were going for, and I understand that it's the system we're going to be with, dealing with for the rest of this expansion. Please, when you go to design the next expansion that I know you're already designing, look at this and learn from it and don't do something this complex again. It's too much complexity for gear. I'm kind um, of curious. Combine that
1: I'm kind of curious now, do you think that, because we went from you get your gear sets you get gear sets in raids and the ones in the raids have like set bonuses and things like that and it was all fairly um, cut and dry Each, each tier had like a different set that you could get and then maybe if we were lucky we'd get like a Legendary for a particular class, or in the case of Mists of Pandaria, which I think kind of perfected the experience, honestly. You got one Legendary, but it was something that everybody could earn, and it was something that you played out and worked towards over the course of the entire expansion, and you were finally rewarded with when you got powerful enough to where you could utilize it. I thought that was great. But then we get to the point where in Legion legendaries are dropping like water all over the place um, to the point where eventually we got a currency introduced and we could just go buy legendaries, which which is so far from the initial legendary experience back in, you know, I don't know, classic where you know, it was like random drops if you were super lucky and it was like getting a legendary was a really big deal. In Legion, you walked up to a vendor and you bought it. And I feel like that kind of devalued the whole experience and devalued the whole idea of a legendary weapon or item or whatever in general. But at the same time, we were also introduced to gimmicks. And I feel like the gimmick of Warlords, we had like the gimmick of the garrison. And that got real old real fast and it didn't quite work out. In Legion, we got the gimmick of the artifact weapon. And it actually played out okay because the stories for the artifacts, as you pointed out, they were great. But everybody was reliant on that one weapon. So when they came out with Battle for Azeroth, it was like instead of going back to basics, they went, Okay, what's the next big gimmick that we can throw out there that'll be entertaining? And they came up with this Azerite system. Do you think we really need the gimmicks? Or do you think we should go back to like that basic here's your Honestly, raid, here's your raid tiers, here's all this other stuff? Like where's, I think that raid, raid where's the line drawn in there, you know? I think
0: they're having like a raid set that drops and I understand why they wanted to move away from it because it always ends up being whatever the raid set has for its bonuses. That's what you're going to have. And there's nothing you can do about it. And it's always good enough that you need it, but it's never anything interesting. I get why they give you the choice. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't end up, it ended up just adding too much complexity. Having the, the, the pieces is just so much math and thinking about what you're going to do. And there always ends up being one that's best. You just have to hope you get it and it, that it has the proper Azerite traits that you want. So I wouldn't, I don't mind them going, I wouldn't say it's a bad idea to go back to raid tier sets, which is have a set bonus. That's fine. It's understandable. It's easy enough to work around. You don't have to think about it too much. Do you I
1: think, think that they, we need the gear gimmick? Do, we, do you think <laughs> that we need the expansion gimmick?
0: Yes, because they, there is a valid point they've made back in Warlords that they need something that can be left behind. They need a mechanic that can be part of the expansion, but doesn't carry forward to the next expansion. Like the artifact didn't carry forward. The garrison didn't carry forward. That part I think is is accurate. The problem with the garrison wasn't that it was a gimmick. The problem with the garrison was it completely shortchanged all gameplay. Yeah. You didn't have to do anything anymore. I never have to leave this place except to go to the auction house.
1: Otherwise I can just live here. Warlords was uh, the loneliest expansion for me. You never saw anybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Whereas... I think they did a good job with the class order halls of not making it, you know, you went there and you saw other people of your class and that was cool. And then you left and you went to the around and you saw other people doing other stuff. And then you went out into the world and you gathered materials and so forth.
1: It was like having a cool club hangout.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't like all consuming in the way that the garrison was. And because the garrison was your garrison, you never saw anybody else there. It was always just you. And that's part of the problem. It, that takes away from the feeling of lived-in world. So that was the problem with the garrison, not that it was a gimmick. The gimmick is in and of itself not a bad thing, but it needs to work with the world. I think the, the, um, the twin gimmicks of the artifact weapon and the class order hall worked with the world. And the problem with the Azerite armor isn't that it doesn't work with the world. It's that it just, it's just noisy. It's got too many moving parts. It's like, it's like seriously, like you know, people who wear like go around playing like one man bands where they've got the drum on their front and the tuba on their back and they're banging cymbals on their head
1: with the accordion that st- and the yeah, with
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> all that stuff at once. It's like no, there's just too much stuff going on. If they had just made it so that you had an artifact necklace that had artifact powers that you empowered and got them as you went on, and the, there was a different power set for every spec that would have been fine and it i mean the, the... they are
1: making a shift with it keep in mind that they are making yes, a shift are. with it and they have been talking about that that um i think it's 8.2 where you're going to be unlocking things on the necklace rather than yeah, and the other stuff which is that's great okay, that's that's a move in the right direction but that's that's
0: still like that's 2019, and if in 2019 the artifact uh, the artifact necklace is a much better system, I'll be the first one to say that. But cool. in 2018, I feel like the Azerite armor did not do the job they wanted it to do. That's my big negative for this expansion is Azurite armor and the way it's worked out. With my second big negative being yes, weapons were a pain again. Um, but uh, I think at this point though we've talked a lot about that, and there's one thing we have to talk about. Even though it didn't actually come out this year, okay, uh, I think we kind of have to talk about WoW Classic at least a little bit. Yeah, well, um, we got so a the,
1: demo for it.
0: Yeah, the thing is, is that we are running out of time.
1: Okay, um, well let's so. let's just let's just give it a brief brief revisit because the thing is, well, and I mean, it's all about revisiting, isn't it? Uh, yeah, exactly. We got the announcement for WoW Classic in 2017, and in 2018 we didn't really hear a ton about it, and then until BlizzCon. And at BlizzCon, we had a demo where we could go back and we could play. And we had a couple of panels where they talked about how they were putting it all together and what they did. They, The people that are on that team are nothing short of magicians, I swear. Um, they had to go digging in closets and storage units and everywhere to find like an old build of this game that was old enough that it didn't have any of the new stuff in it. And they figured out how to integrate it with like the current framework of the game and make it work in such a way that yeah you can go back again you can absolutely go back again and i didn't spend a lot of time on the demo but i spent enough time on the demo to go yeah this feels right this feels like it did back then
0: i literally sat in the room and watched my wife play it over her shoulder yeah which is exactly how i got into world of warcraft in the first place My really? wife would come play it. Yeah, no, because my wife came and visit me when we were we were dating. We weren't married yet. We had just really started being serious about each other. She came to stay with me for a while, and she had it on her computer, and I didn't play it. I didn't know anything about it. I wasn't like, oh yeah, no, I I, I play Neverwinter Nights sometimes, and so <laughs> she showed it to me, and I was watching her play it like I watch her play her hunter. It was exactly the same. The stuff that you forget that was part of the game like is so. I don't know how to put it. Like if you've been playing over the years, there's lots of stuff now that you just accept that wasn't there. Like And it
1: was a big quality of life change whatever it happened to be, you like, know?
0: Not even not even dungeon finder. Mm-hmm. Um
1: No, the fact but, that my like, druid it it took me by complete surprise cuz I had completely forgotten about it but if you're a druid in animal form in classic you can't talk to npcs you have to of hop out of animal. An animal. you're an animal you have to hop out of animal form to talk to anybody and it's like oh yeah that's right that was a thing um and there were there was several moments when i was playing through classic where i was like oh yeah i completely forgot about that thing wow that was a really annoying thing how did i forget about that because they made it my dire. wife had
0: a pet my wife had a pet run away from her in in, oh in no. uh, Westfall. Yeah, because she had forgotten about feeding them. Yep, because you don't you had to feed them back then for happiness. Pet happiness hasn't been a thing in years.
1: And then, so yeah, there's the whole this, hunter this, dead thing. I'm sure was probably a perpetual headache. But oh, no, that yeah. she remembered. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> and, and and the thing is, is like. As far as Classic goes, obviously we aren't going to see Classic until Summer 2019, which is great. I'm, I'm looking forward to them coming out with it. If you have a current World of Warcraft s- subscription, you'll get Classic. You just get it. It's just going to be there, available to play, which I think is fantastic. So people that want to go back and experience it the way it used to be, they can absolutely go be- do that. The people that have no interest in it, that's fine. World of Warcraft is always going to be around. Battle of Azeroth will still be here. There will still be patches for it and everything. But, you know, if you want Want to poke your head in, and see things how they were? You'll be able to do that, and I also appreciate the fact that they are going to be rolling out patches over a period of time. So you'll be able to re-experience the opening of the gates of Encarage, and you'll be able to re-experience you know the different raids coming out and that kind of thing. I think that's really cool too. They're trying yeah, to make it as authentic it... an experience as possible.
0: The way they're doing it is that the rules, the rules of the of the Wild Classic, will be the last patch. That came out be drums. One point one two, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. One point one two, but they're still going to do the content the way they did it originally. Although not necessarily the same schedule. Like we don't. They haven't decided how long it will be between you know content releases. But so when it launches, it's not going to have Maradon open. Like it's going to Maradon will be opening later. Dire Dire Mall mall will be be
1: added later. Yeah. Yeah. Blackwing
0: Lair will come later on Courage will come later. And thats I think that is a brilliant idea. Yeah. Um, in terms of just giving people stuff, so there will be stuff to look forward to as you play. Because um, quite frankly, first off, you're going to take a longer time to level than you think you will. Just just get used to you're this. You're going so to so much
1: longer to level than you think you're going to take. It's going to take you forever to level. And the thing is, is... is again you know this is for the people who wanted to replay it the way that it used to be and that's what they're delivering and i think that i mean the general impression that i got from the demo and keep in mind that there wasn't much to play in the demo but there was it when they said oh it's just going to be the barons in westfall i sat there and i went well that's hardly anything how's anybody supposed to keep themselves entertained and then i went in and i started playing and i went oh yeah everything takes forever One zone is more than enough for a demo experience. That's fine. There's no way I'm clearing Westfall before this thing disappears. (laughs) Yeah, especially
0: especially since it was a limited time to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So,
1: and and I feel like they really, they they worked some magic and they really, they really captured things the way that they used to be. Um, So, yeah, classic. I mean, if classic isn't your cup of tea, that's okay. You can feel free and and you know you're safe to ignore it entirely it's not going to affect the main game in any way shape or form the main game and classic are never going to cross over they are going to be entirely different experiences so if it's not something that you're interested in you can go ahead and ignore it if it's something that you are interested in it'll be there for you when you want to go play and i i think it's kind of perfect i don't know yeah
0: if you're gonna do it, that is the way to do it. I, yeah. I agree with you totally. Yeah. But I mean at this point I think we should pretty much wrap it up, huh?
1: Yeah, we probably should. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash BlizzardWatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads free site experience
0: thank you very much and uh guys we didn't answer any emails this week we're going to push the ones we got ahead to next week um but if you have any emails for the show please send them to podcast at com with the subject line podcast to blizzard watch so we know that for this show and this has been our year in review thing which uh we're really glad you guys could be here for it we're glad we were here for it because you know it's a podcast about blizzard and we didn't get to talk about
1: everything because we yeah. didn't touch on heroes sorry guys but that's okay yeah
0: we, we talked about heroes last week, you guys know.
1: We Blizzard. did, we did.
0: Yeah, uh, there has been a lot this year and we didn't get to all of it. But thank you guys for being here for us as we rambled on. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you guys so much and we'll be here next week.
1: We'll be here next year.
0: And next week. <laughs> next <laughs> next year is next
1: week, oh God. <laughs> Thanks guys.